Blog Talk Radio. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. This is Ravenda with MV Indie Radio, and we have some wonderful guests with us today. And uh, before we go and introduce our guests, we want to uh, go with our regular programming where we promote our music artists who are basically trying to uh, get their own career started like everybody we see on regular radio and TV and everything else. And we are here to help them, just want to make sure everything goes well with them and the music that they create. So I want to go ahead and put on one of our artists that we have actually been uh, promoting heavily, Kyra Simone from the United Kingdom. I'll play her song. When we come back, we'll have our guest Beverly Bonner. Uh, We will be talking with her. And then we will also uh, be bringing in another guest, another special guest that's going to be with her. Um, One moment, and we'll go ahead and play Carver Simone, Kissing You.
Thank you so much for joining us. We were having somewhat of a technical difficulty, and um, that was Kyra Simone from United Kingdom with her song, Kissing You. And I'd like to introduce my guest, the beautiful and renowned actress Beverly Bonner, who you may know from the movie Basket Case and Frankenhooker from those 80s uh, Bree movies. And she's currently starring in a new weekly off-Broadway production called The Glory Glitter Show. And that's going to open on April 9th at the Broadway Comedy Club in New York City. She's a veteran actress, a producer, a playwright, a director, and a stand-up comedian, a woman of all trades and all professions and all skills. She's a pioneer. Welcome to our show, Ms. Bonner. Thank you very much. Can First, you hear me? I just want, yes, I can hear you very okay. clearly. I just want to say that um, that movie, Basket Case, was so funny. <laughs> and I have to look at it again so I can see your character because I can only remember the the main character in the, in the little twin. Oh, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> little guy in the basket. How did you get started in doing a movie like that? Well, it's funny. Um, Frank Hinnelotter, the director, had seen me in Women Behind Bars with the Lake Divine, and he came to me after the show and said that when he does his next movie, he'd like me to be in, in it. And, of course, you hear that all the time as an actress, and I went, yeah, right. But he he uh, kept his word, and that's how I got to be in the film. It was a wonderful experience, and uh, I've been in all his films since then. Wow. Now, I saw Women Behind Bars, too. I, I'm a big fan of those um, those 80s B movies. Um, and you saw I it with the Divine in it? Pardon me? Oh, yeah, with Divine? Yeah, I love Divine. That's, that's when I did it, yes, uh-huh. <laughs> Divine was so good. Yeah. And I just actually watched um, the Attack of the Killer Clowns the other night. I was surprised that they're still showing B-movies on cable. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's better than some of these reality shows. <laughs> oh, I know. Very. Uh, that's probably why I was looking at it. <laughs> So tell us a little bit about your start um, in the uh, in the movie industry. You know, did you start there or did you do some other type of entertainment? Well, you know, my aunt told me I've been performing since I was about two years old. It's absolutely in my soul and my gut. I was raised up in a uh, rural area in um, Michigan, so I always tried to perform and write and design costumes. I my dream was to come to New York and be on this New York stage or be in a film, and that's kind of all I wanted. Just that was my dream. But, of course, you know, I went to college, and I tried to do what my grandparents wanted me to do. They raised me. They thought, yes, I had talent, and that was kind of cute, but I better have a real job. So I've always worked around that. Uh, but I did come to New York uh, eventually because I just had to be here. And, uh, you know, I started on the stage, you know, off-off-Broadway doing productions, and then eventually got into some films and decided I want to write and direct my own uh, projects and I eventually had my own cable TV show, uh, two of them actually. So uh, that's what, what drives me. I have to do it. Wow. So you are just an ambitious woman, and, and I appreciate something like that. Um, there's a lot of young girls who need to have that type of spirit and, and ambition. Uh-huh. It doesn't seem like they want to do anything that even remotely resembles <laughs> what you've done. <laughs> I, I think you have to be on fire, and I think you have to have a passion for it. And 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 I guess that's my drug of choice. I could not do it. And sometimes I wonder why am I, you know, working around the clock and and, and creating these things. But you know, I can't help myself, and I do love it. Um, the experiences you have in life, 
uh, on the stage and in some films, particularly that's the case. It was just a fabulous experience. In fact, all my experiences worked with Frank have been great. Some people never have that kind of excitement or those kind of memories, and you can run into each other years later and immediately remember where, where you were, what you were doing, and how great you to share those experiences with. And now, after all these years, to have a lot of fans and who were just so locked in. Uh, you know, the last film I uh, worked on as a special guest, uh, um, I couldn't remember when that's the case actually was the first time it came out. And he said, oh, I'm, I know it came out in 1981 because I said, yeah, I was born. I went, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here in a film where someone was born the year I did that film. <laughs> so now... You, were you a you were a stand up comedian? What type of um, places did you did you um, perform at? Well, that was the absolutely last thing I did. You know, going from just wanting to act, you know, to directing, to writing and producing, I said I did not want to do stand up because I just thought it was too hard. Uh, the audience is too cruel, and you're just asking to be attacked. And people told me I was funny and I should do it. So I actually um, did my debut at Caroline's Comedy Club on Broadway. And uh, um, and it was, at that time, I was living on 48th Street in New York. And I absolutely remember the first flyer I had. It says, Beverly Bonner um, does her stand-up debut uh, June 12, 1994, a day that would go down in history. And that was the day that O.J. Simpson's wife was killed. So the day did oh, go down wow. in history. Yeah, weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, I did it then. And, and I think being a stand-up is almost... Like being a psychiatrist, you got to be able to read your audience. I mean, you got to step on that stage, and they better like you right away, or you're dead. And it's not easy, but it's it's very rewarding. There's nothing better than making people laugh, which is why comedy is my favorite venue, because people can be depressed or despondent. If you can lift their spirits, or you can make them laugh, or they can leave out of the theater feeling all warm and happy, and you've done that for them, you know, it, it's 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 very rewarding. Wow, I bet it is uh, to have you know uh, people sitting there watching you. And do you ever get nervous when you're performing? Oh, day? absolutely. Oh, never. You know, it's, I've been doing this for years, and it's just amazed me the nerves you have backstage before you actually go out in front of the audience. But what usually happens if you're pre- pretty prepared, that it is, you need to be prepared. I don't like these comedians to go out there and hey, uh, you got a bald head, or who's that you're with, or. So, uh, 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 no, you've got to be prepared. You've got to have your material, and you should be able to edit it, you know, right on the spot. So once you walk on that stage, if you've really got the fire for it, that adrenaline and all that excitement about doing this takes over, and sometimes I feel like I'm flying across the stage. You know, all the depression wow. was going on before I went on that stage just disappears. Wow. Now, had you um, had a chance to be on any other uh, television shows? You know, um, oh, well, I've done so many uh, different shows. Yeah, well, you know, I, I tell you the first thing about me, and I, I, I sometimes I think if I had taken a different route, uh, show business route. First of all, I was always working a couple of jobs. You know, I, I won't name the. I've worked for every entertainment company you could possibly name, and some newspapers and stuff like that. And and, and sometimes I worked in uh, law firms on the weekends and nights. So then around that, I did my show business. So that didn't mean you can go travel or do anything. You're pretty locked in. And I think that if I had uh, totally been maybe my grandparents more supportive and not make me feel like it was just a plaything, and I'd been uh, uh, really supported, you know, uh, when I was much younger, 
I probably would have went a lot further, faster. But, you know, you don't know. I think this is the route for me because I, I like being in control of what I'm doing. I love being able to create my characters, write my characters, dress my characters, create them. That is very rewarding to have people get locked in. And so it's not always about being a, quote, star. It's about leaving something behind. And I, I've never, I like a certain amount of, amount of attention. You can't be in this business and not have that kind of ego. But I also don't want to be walking around with guards or worrying about whether I can go out to eat, you know, because once you get on TV, you know, and with the web and everything, there's a certain amount of exposure you deal with. And I look at people who are in this business who have big names who who have to watch everything they do and they mm-hmm. they dissect your life and everything. Uh, you know, it's it's very scary. I just like to create. Now, that does not mean if someone gives me millions of dollars, I'm not going to go ahead and take it. You know, but I think it's much better. It's the age I am. I'm able to deal with it a lot better and, and got a firm grip on what the priorities are and, and what I'm about. Well, you know, I agree with that. And I think that um, at a certain point in your life, when you're doing something like this, you're a little bit more grounded and you experience a lot of type of people. So mm-hmm. you will be more successful in it because you you won't you'll see them coming as a matter of speaking because yeah. so these younger folks they don't see it coming they are oh. like bright lights and fantasy and land and all that and they don't see it and they don't last very long they just end up you know having a a bad turnaround yeah um, and it's really sad of, too especially with the reality shows I, that's one of my oh, pet yeah. peeves although there are certain ones I like but some of them is just the lowest common denominator. It just makes Americans look so crass. And and to to call entertainment people fighting and cursing each other, there's no plot. And that's not even reality because if you were doing a reality show, you have a camera in there by yourself. You know, you would not have a crew in there taping everything, telling you, oh, get, get more angry or slap that person or whatever. That is not... Uh, entertainment and for people like myself and, and others, there's some really fantastic young talent. Uh, some of the kids I've got in, in my show are just uh, amazing. And to spend that time studying or have that kind of talent and then have to compete with these reality shows where someone, you know, can, can uh, stab somebody and get out of jail and get a reality show, that doesn't make sense to me. And it angers me, quite frankly. You know, between the um, notoriety people getting these shows, you know, Sarah Palin now is getting the reality show. Don't let me get on that one. Uh, You know, that kind of (laughs) is really annoys me. What is she doing having a reality show? And then you're competing with all the well-known actors and stars for the commercials. People are trying to get shows. People Hmm? are trying to get us. People who can actually act. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. It's it's really rough. It's a lot even worse than it used to be. But uh, And one of the things I'm I'm doing with the the show that I'm opening that I've written, I think it's the right, um, I I think it's the really uplifting, but it's not corny. It's funny, and it really lays it online and and shows a lot of different characters. And and I think people are looking to get out of just looking at this crap. It's just like sitting all day on TV watching uh, one accident after another. In fact, I told uh, my cable uh, 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 company that I'm about ready to cancel because I don't want to pay this money to look at what I can look at. If I want to look at people who misbehave, I can go next door and look at my neighbors beat up on each other for free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so so uh, I, I think that it, I'm doing my little bit against the reality shows because I'm going to put this live show up, and although we'll have some scenes on the on the internet and everything. I think it's uh, it's taking work. You you got people of talent. I think I wrote it well, 
and I think people enjoy jewelry they're looking at. And I think today with the economy and people, you know, short of money to leave their homes to come out and to see a show and, you know, uh, uh, buy the ticket and, and buy the couple of drinks to watch, you better have something good for them to look at. But I think I do, and, and usually my most of my shows, when people leave, they say they really enjoy it. So um, I'm really looking forward to it. But it's not easy. It's a lot of it's a lot of work. Believe me. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to ask you because um, I write screenplays, mm. and I had thought about writing. A oh, hello, play. new best friend. <laughs> <laughs> I have a friend who's in uh, California that is uh, starting his own production company, mm-hmm. and he doesn't know how to write screenplays. And I thought, mm-hmm. oh, that's funny that you should be talking to me. Right, exactly. <laughs> that's, exactly. That's what I do, and I, I need somebody to produce it. So mm-hmm. we're met, made in heaven. So um, <laughs> I always wanted to write a play. And I oh, really? Know, yeah, how to go about setting it up in the three acts. Because I just write with a screenplay. It's just dialogue. It's like I'm in a room with somebody. Uh-huh. But a play is different because you have stage production and all that to consider. So how how did you learn how to write your play? I just have been able to write since I was a kid. And uh, I was on my school paper. I don't um, I do not do outlines and, 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 and lay it out in that kind of format and already decide what happens beginning, end, and middle. That's the way a lot of professional writers do. And I can't sit down and just write five hours straight. It has to hit me. Someone's got to wake me up at 3 o'clock in the morning and say, yeah, that's what, it, that's what i got to put down. Or I have a tape recorder by my bed. So I totally write for my soul, for my instincts. And they may be a couple of days I don't even write because then nothing's happening, nothing's coming to me, and then it all kind of gushes out. And then when I started developing the characters, then I started knowing what they would say and how they behave. So it's very un, you know, structured. I just do it. And, uh, you know, I've written some other plays, too. I had written Manhattan Towers, which ran a year at um, uh, uh, Don't Tell Mama in, in, in different places, and I just had a lot of different interesting characters. So I don't know if I'd be the best one to show you, but I certainly want you there opening night so you can see what I do and you can make your own uh, judgment. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I'd love to attend, and I could certainly use your, your expertise. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> we definitely need to talk. Oh, yes, definitely. That would be wonderful. So now um, when when it comes to um, movies, do you have any, any uh, goals for actually filming you know, a, a, a feature film? Well, um, I, like I said, I've been in a number of films, and I did a lot of extra work, but I've gotten so busy, I, I'm just not in that direction anymore I'm creating. But I will tell you that uh, a young uh, fan is getting ready to do a documentary on me. And, uh, oh, wow. What I, and it was interesting because I was thinking about that. I said, I need to do uh, some kind of documentary on people like me in my age range who are in the trenches because people – here, producer, they think Spielberg. Everybody's not Spielberg, but there are people mm-hmm. putting out wonderful stuff every day. And 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 I, when I die, I will leave a lot of tapes of shows and and stuff I did, and hopefully memories with other actors, and hopefully I pass on some stuff to them. But I did think that that people need to see another aspect of what it is in the day of life, or or what it takes to produce a show when you don't have millions of dollars. And when actually, when when it comes between, when it, your your passion comes this way, sometimes I'm short of money, and I I got to decide whether the money is going to be spent on the the show or it's going to be spent on my rent. And usually the show wins, you know. So if anybody's got an apartment, 
<laughs> I know. And it's probably really expensive out there now, too, in uh, in New York. Well, you know, I'm actually in Jersey. I'm about uh, 15 or 20 minutes from New York. You know, oh, so okay. I, I lived in New York a number of years, but I'm I'm in Jersey, so I got kind of the best of, of both worlds. But I have to be near New York. I, I need that excitement. That's why I'm not in L.A. I'm not an L.A. person. I have to be where that energy is, where people actually live in, where people, so you, you you can be standing next to a millionaire and someone homeless right next to you or some celebrity right in front of you. That is real life to me. And so you're very connected with not only the show business world, because I find in, in L.A. it's all a, a phony baloney, smiling too much, nothing, you know, nothing's happening there, you know. And, and if you're not doing um, a sitcom or gigs, you're stuck in your place and you're waiting for your agent. In New York, you can take care of business. You can grab the reins. You can work and create. And there's always been that competition from uh, between a New York artist and, and an L.A. artist anyway, and I'm sure you're aware of that. I just can't. Oh, yeah. L.A., just, I can't handle it. So sometimes I think maybe I would have went further there, but that depends on what I mean by went further because I have a lot of friends who have been successful and, and, and have made a lot of money, and lots of them end up back here because it seems like, the more money you make, the more you can lose and lose it faster. So I, I need to be grounded here because I'm very political and I'm very uh, attuned to what's going on in the world and I like to travel, I like Europe. So I think that also makes you a better rounded artist. I just If you're sitting there waiting for the phone to ring and, and you have nothing in your life with show business, I think that's pretty sad. You know, you've got family and friends and, and, and then you take from all that to create. I absolutely agree with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then L.A. is not for the weak of heart. <laughs> I don't know. It's, just, it's, just, it's like being in a Burger King commercial out there. <laughs> and, you know, it's not as great to me. I just went there for the first time about uh-huh. three weeks ago, and it wasn't that great to me. I mean, it was beautiful looking at palm trees and the weather was gorgeous. But my hotel looked better than all the other places that I went to. When I went to West Hollywood, and uh-huh. I was riding around on um, Melrose and, and mm-hmm. Sunset Boulevard. I mean, it just looked like my Philadelphia hometown with palm trees. It looked special. Well, you know, you know what? I, it not only doesn't look special. I mean, it, it can... Certainly there's a lot of money out there, but I don't like to be out in a place that if you're walking walking from the house, you get arrested by police because people aren't walking around. To me, it's a bunch of Mercedes with heads bobbing up in the driver's seat. And, <laughs> and, and you know, I've been there several times. I tried to live out there. I couldn't. I get bored. I went to some fancy places. I, I was dating a very pretty well-known producer at one time, beautiful homes. But you just look around and you say to yourself, am I happy? I don't need to be seen in these places, and there's all concern with the physical and how you look. You know, if you're blessed to look a certain way, you just need to be thanking God. You look a certain way, but don't spend 24-7 improving in plastic surgery and all this. You need to try to develop some kind of personality so you have something, you know, you can go through a windshield any time. So you That's better right. have something else <laughs> going on. I, I, I thought, I'm very... Mother. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm depressed out there because in the last time I was out there, and I, I haven't been out there again, they had an earthquake. I was in one of those huge supermarkets where, you know, where they sell liquor and stuff. And I thought that my blood pressure was up and, you know, maybe I got dizzy. But it was an earthquake. And the only thing I liked about L.A. was they sold liquor right there in the supermarket. And I went back, okay. to, yeah, and I went back to the hotel and there was a big crack in our pool. So I got on the phone calling the airlines and telling them I was checking out. And they says, 
Oh, Miss Bonnie, that's just a little earthquake. It's big. It's too big for me. <laughs> I don't want to be anywhere where the earth can swallow me up. Let me get up in the air in New York, you know. And at least if I die in New York, I won't be bored when I go. You know, if you get bored in New York, you're a boring person. You know. <laughs> oh no, that is so funny. <laughs> and I'm totally still. <laughs> I know. I believe you. Oh, yeah. I, 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 it's the most exciting city. If you look at the movies and everything, I resent when they yeah. shoot a supposed to be a New York movie in Canada. You can't create <laughs> New York in Canada. That's not going to happen. New York is another a personality, another actor, another performer in a movie. And, and you just can't buy that kind of stuff. You can't buy that kind of energy, that kind of background. It makes all the difference. It keeps me young. It keeps me sharp and keeps me competitive. And, I, you know, when I see my friends I went to school with, I want to know who are these old people, you know, because they, they're not living to their full potential. I guess you're sorry I'm, shy, I'm so shy and retiring and can't talk much, right? <laughs> oh, no, I'm definitely enjoying the conversation. Cool, cool. Tell the, the audience about um, how you came up with the, um, the Gloria Glitter Show. And um, how you and uh, Frank put it together? Well, uh, Frank uh, uh, is, is the director for all the horror films that I was in. His Frank is just coming to, and I'm so excited. He's going to be a special guest on my um, the opening night of Gloria Glitter. So, uh, and and he doesn't do that stuff often, and I'm just thrilled about it. You know, because um, he has really got a great reputation in the movie business. And we're going to have a lot of fun. Gloria Glitter literally came to me one day, and that's the way those kind of things hit me. Gloria Glitter, it just popped in my head, and I and I once I got it, I was firm with it. This is what this is what she's going to be. This is who she is, and I won't change it. I don't care what happens. You know, it, it's just there. So she is quite an interesting person, and she's happy about her little production office on the Bowery. And she's she's very jealous of Wendy Williams, and she loves Oprah, and she has a very a, a interesting staff, and and that's her world. She steals uh, material from Dave Letterman and other well-known late-night talk show hosts, and in her world, she's queen, and she likes the glitter. She likes shiny things. In fact, it was Gloria Glitter who started all this bling stuff. It wasn't these rappers, but you know, she, she's not going to be hired on them and 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 go go through and, and, and say, I, I started this world and, and try to get some reputation on that. But I'm just, between you and me, just you and I are talking here, and I just let you know that she started this bling thing, you know. <laughs> I, I believe you. <laughs> so, you know what, I bet that is a fact. I mean, women, men were not wearing anything beyond a, a slave a slave chain. <laughs> so I don't see how they, they take credit for wearing it all. Because women started it. We got problems here. Should I call you back? Oh, is that is that your line? Yeah. Let me call you right back. Okay. Okay. Well, while we're waiting for Gloria, uh, for um, listen, I'm already in the character. <laughs> while we're waiting for Beverly, we're going to introduce Frank who is the director. Frank 
I, I think I'm going to pronounce your name incorrectly. So, Frank, <laughs> Probably. <if you> could <laughs> just say it for us. <laughs> uh, Frank Hannon-Lauder. Wonderful. Thank you so much for coming in. Sure. And I'm a fan of some of your movies that I've seen. Uh-huh. And I, I've always wanted to know who could come up with those ideas, um, <laughs> especially for Basket Case and um, Women Behind Bars. Uh, oh, I didn't I, do that. I didn't do Women Behind Bars. Okay. No, no, well, I just did. I did. I did Basket Case and Frankenhooker, and, and <laughs> Brain Damage, and uh, the new one uh, that Beverly's in with me is uh, Bad Biology. By the way, in okay. case you didn't hear me, try to cut in. <laughs> hey, Frank. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Beverly, for trying again. I don't know what that was. But, but you know, that's funny about... that you just did this because it's almost like what I'm going to do on the Gloria Glitter show. Frank comes on, to, yeah, comes on to salute Beverly, and Gloria gets the shows and movies mixed up. So <laughs> thank you for some added stuff. Thank you for trying that out, so we'll see how that's going to work. <laughs> Is Frank still there? <laughs> oh, I'm still here. <laughs> okay. Maybe I should, I should I'd rather take credit for other people's films anyway. So. <laughs> So um, I the wanted band, to know, um, uh, producer, director, absolutely. I wanted to know from you, Frank. Uh, yeah. what, what was your dream as a, a young kid before you got into, you know, doing movies? And you know, how did you come about wanting to be a director? Uh, well, I always loved movies. I mean, ever since I was uh, like eight years old, I would go to the movies. And uh, once I saw that my father had an eight millimeter home movie camera, I just basically uh, decided it was mine. And uh, would would shoot all kinds of you know garbage in the backyard. I would just shoot all kinds of things. I, it didn't occur to me that I need to know about lights and focus. That didn't occur to me. You know, it only I only realized that when I'd see the films come back, and you know everything was overexposed in different colors, and I couldn't tell. I couldn't even recognize what was on the screen because it was such a mess. But I just loved it. I just loved making them. I loved the art of making them. I didn't even care about whether I could show them. You know, and eventually I just uh, started going to 42nd Street, and I lived at. Uh, just you know, lived grindhouse movies. I loved all of that. All as you know, the cheaper the exploitation film, the more I would love it. <laughs> and from that, I just you know figured, okay. Uh, when uh, uh, producer at the time, Edgar Ivan said uh, he can get some money. Would you like to do a feature? I thought, yeah, sure. Why not? I didn't. I didn't take it very seriously, and uh, uh, maybe that's why it worked. I don't know. <laughs> it worked real well. <laughs> you know. So. Uh, and we just had a good time doing it, and it was like it cost, uh, I don't know, it would cost like $35,000 to shoot Basket Case. And wow. we just we just shot it with no money and had a lot of laughs doing it. And uh, I was very shocked and surprised when it became a cult film. Well, what was it that made you think of that movie? Because that's, that's, that storyline was so far-fetched. Yeah, I know, I know. Well, actually, uh, um, I thought um, since uh, Edgar didn't care what kind of a movie we made, I figured... And, and I knew we had no money to make something, so I figured it would probably be, you know, make more sense to just do a horror film because you can, you don't need much other than blood, okay? So I figured, okay, <laughs> we'll shoot a horror film, and I was trying to come up with a title, and that's really all it was. I was coming up with titles like, uh, uh, you know, Psychopath, and all oh, that's been done, uh, uh, you know, Looney Bin, oh, I don't like that one. And then I mean, just in coming up with names of crazy people, I came up with Basket Case, and that made me laugh out loud. And I thought, well, that's a ridiculous title. And the first image I had is, well, that's stupid. We should, I should have somebody walking around with a monster in a basket. 
and I just love the idea of it being like some malevolent jack-in-the-box, you know, where you open it and the thing just comes up and eats your head. And uh, um, that's really it. And I couldn't I, – uh, my biggest problem was I couldn't figure out why anyone would walk around with a monster in a basket. <laughs> and, I mean, it just made no sense. So uh, one night I was walking around Times Square, and I went to the – there used to be a wonderful old Needix. Uh, I mean, uh, Nathan's Hot Dogs. Oh, yeah. Right on, yeah, right on 43, oh. like 43rd and Broadway, where ABC has their studios now. Mm-hmm. Oh. And it was a gigantic Nathan's. And I remember sitting in there, and all of a sudden I thought, oh, wow, what if it's his brother? And I started writing the dialogue on the napkins. And that's the dialogue that uh, Kevin said to Beverly in that scene. Almost word for word what I wrote that night. Mustard, oh, mustard stains and all. <laughs> the rest of the so, that yeah. was the most. That was just the funniest movie, and and you know I've seen some people in other movies kind of reflect on that story, like in uh, Total Recall. Oh yeah, um, no, I yeah, I know. They had I, something similar to that yeah. where the guy had the thing off of his stomach. Yeah, and then was, I saw uh, X Files. X Files did it. Oh yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. people were really looking at that, I guess. <laughs> you know, it did very well. It just did, uh, you know, it, it surprises me. I mean, I'm still, you know, I'll still get invited to, like even with this new film with Bad Biology, I get invited to a film festival, and they also want to show um, uh, Basket Case. I'm, it, going, I'm going to a it, film yeah. festival uh, next week in Switzerland, and they're wow. showing Bad Biology and Basket Case. They just love wow. showing that film. So, okay. Well, well, you know what? I think that um, the horror films of today did not have any kind of, you know, they're just all about cutting the head off or stabbing the eyeball out or something like that. The, the, the horror character doesn't have a personality anymore, mm-hmm. and there's it, no humor in it. And those movies were so funny. I mean, you couldn't really be that scared unless you're just afraid of blood. Yeah. but. They they were just so funny and campy that you know that's what made it interesting. These things are like everything is the same thing. Yeah, Everybody's but, got on the mask. Everybody's walking around with a machete, and, <laughs> and or you know, or they saying the only one I think is kind of funny is Freddy Krueger. That's about it because yeah. he's hilarious. I'm not even afraid of him at all when I see the movie yeah. because he's just he just says quirky things. But I mean, back in the '80s, they had the best horror movies. They had the best B movies, and we don't even see anything fun like that anymore. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I have nothing against ripping people's heads off and anything, but, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, I'm, I always thought that it should be accompanied by um, as sick a joke as you can get at the same time, and, and I always tried to make my films as funny as they were uh, bloody, and I think I did. And, yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, and uh, the only thing, what I hate about today's films, it's the same film over and over again. Mm-hmm. And that's all. It's, I'm just bored with it. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, all right. Yeah, it's a body count, but nothing in between. And it's like, okay, I've seen it. Let's do it. Let's, you know, I, why don't you just splice the killings one by one and save me a couple of hours and I could just watch the whole movie in 15 minutes and be done, you know. <laughs> Can I share something with you? Uh, when I first um, met Frank years ago and I went to his apartment for the first time, to have a meeting where we were over there for. And, and Frank always remind me of uh, Opie and Andy Griffith, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, that's who he was, uh-huh. you know, apple pie, freckles, that was Frank. Uh-huh. And then I go into his apartment, and he's got hands and monsters. 
blood. And <laughs> oh, wow. Well, Beverly, I still have a bottle of basket case blood in the refrigerator. Oh, I'm sure you do. Uh, yeah. it, it never it, it never dries. I you know. know. <laughs> and I have, and as you know, I have, I, I have Belial sitting in the living room. Oh, uh, I know. And that's why I haven't been back over your apartment, hon. <laughs> Everybody that comes in has to have their picture taken with them. Oh, my God, is oh, that the wow. Oh, God, take the picture. Take the picture with me. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I would love to take Oh, we had you so said, much fun. We had so much fun. That would been so funny. No, if you put him in a wax museum, I don't know why they didn't pick a character like that. That was well, Take so him down fun. there. Walk him on down there. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be so Oh, he's funny. falling so apart today. Real, oh, yeah, yeah it's it has been a while. Yeah, but then so am I. So what's the difference? Yeah, I, mean, you know? I was getting ready to say the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> We've been yeah. around for a while. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but it's they really had a sequel to that, didn't they? Didn't they have a sequel? Two. Oh, I did two sequels to that. Mm-hmm. I should have done oh, only. Okay. I should have only done the first one. The second sequel was a disaster, but that's okay. Well, I had fun. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I mean, yeah, well, you know, I had fun too, but I, I had to sign my name to it at the end of the day, you know. <laughs> Yeah. I wish you do. I wish you do another one, like a, a, a more contemporary one. Well, I think uh, I, I, I think, I think fed biology is. is. Yeah, I yeah. think fed biology I, is a yeah, real, absolutely. a real uh, dangerous piece of uh, mm. exploitation. It's not. It's not. Uh, yeah. It's not what people expect, and oh, it really yeah, it shocks the hell out of folks. So. Mm-hmm. And, and I can't tell you the plot probably on it. Everything else. <laughs> we've got both stories, and we've got you know. Mm. Freddie and uh, Michael and 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 Jason keep you know they keep coming back making a return visit. Yeah, I mean I'm not in, I'm not even into those films, you know, and <laughs> yeah. and I guess I I, I think I fact, can outrun them. They're like 65, 70 now. I think I can outrun those guys now because they, <laughs> yeah. they've been doing this for a long time. They should not be able to catch any teenagers right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I th- that's the other thing too. My thing about those films that have teenagers, you know, the blonde girl walking out into danger. To see what she heard. Come on, please. Who's there? Who's there? By having sex, and and if you go to the bathroom, the outhouse. I know. I know. I I I just can't get into it. Yeah. (laughs) I can't. I can't. And I think that a horror film's got to have some kind of reality in it. But you know, it's funny, uh, Frank. I meant to tell you though. After all these years, and I was in Bath's case, there are still places in there where I jump when a scene happens. You know, I really do. So you definitely have the, the scare tactics, but you definitely have the comedy too. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just, just, just him eating that hamburger alone. I'll never stop <laughs> laughing at that scene. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, those those movies were really, really funny, and they don't make, they don't make anything like that anymore. I mean, where we could see it on a regular basis. Like mm-hmm. they're, not, they're not putting it in the theater. So all the stuff that we get is just you know just. Regular, they have uh, rock stars directing horror movies now, uh, like they do their music videos, and mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. I don't well, know. I, you, I, know but, you know, Beverly, I think a funnier film would have been us making the film. Yeah, right. <laughs> because half of, the, half of what we used to crack us up, we would be saying, "Well, who's going to be under the basket tonight?" Remember? Oh, and yeah, somebody right. would have to climb under a bed. Oh, or, oh, and I that was, was it was so I, hot. I was even stuffed in the chest of drawers in one. Season. And when I say hot, I meant really hot. Yeah. Weather. I don't mean hot. Oh yeah. Sex. No, no, no. It was. It was. You know. It was just crazy. It was. You know. Yeah. We had, remember we had Ilza's little daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I know. Who was playing Belial in yeah. the scene with you and. 
And the girl was terrified of the monster. I know. We I don't believe it. You know, like, come on. Come on. Let's do it. Come you on, know. kid. <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> Just put your hands in the monster. Get in the hole in the bed, for God's sake. What's the big deal? Oh. She was terrified of it. It was wonderful. And people don't realize just how long it takes to do to do one little scene. I, I remember you. I remember screaming one, for eight hours. Yeah. I, I also remember we. I, I was just around to yell action, and I hear you going, uh, Frank, there's a problem here. Because you had to go in the bathroom and change your clothes, and there was a crew member who was standing in there watching you. I won't say who. Yeah, remember that? I'm <laughs> <laughs> thinking, well, wait a minute. Now, that's yeah, not right. right. Oh, my. Yeah, there was, there was, there was a very interesting <laughs> underlying <laughs> stuff going on. <laughs> you really had to watch yourself. Because, yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so much fun. This is just what I was talking about, though, because we got these memories of that film. And this, I mean, I, I have fans who call me up. Usually on the weekend, college kids call me up at uh, 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning, drunk, hanging out in some bar, talking about they want Casey. I've been invited down. I've been invited downtown to the village, you know. They're hanging out. And, and it's so funny because they don't realize the number that was on the 25th anniversary. They think it's my home number. They think that I, they, I got caller ID and I can call them back. Sometimes they leave their number. But it's weird. They're really into it. It's, and, and what's better than that? How many people have done something 30 years ago or something like that, yeah. and people still enjoy it. Yeah. That's what I was just saying. Uh, the business is, is just so worthwhile on so many levels, and, and the friendship I have with Frank and those memories we have those working on those films, it's, it's fantastic. Some people never feel that way or never have anything left like that, you know. Just Especially you, when you have your entire crew enjoying it, and yeah, exactly. It was still just a, knows each other. Yeah, you, know, you you have that rapport still, and mm-hmm. you, and you can work on those memories together. I mean, absolutely. Not too people do that. They're too busy fighting over who uh, gets exactly, exactly. Things like that. You know, it's like I want to be a star. No, I want to be a star. No, I want to be a star. It's sad. It's sad. <laughs> And what it takes to, uh, I don't even know about being a star, the first thing people need to remember is being a, a professional. Don't be a right. diva. Don't be a pain in the butt. You know, and yeah, I say that. It's not a star thing. Yeah. It's, like, it's a craft. It'd be, it'd be very, very, very difficult to be a diva on one of my movies, Beverly. You know, I was a diva. <laughs> it's a very I was a diva. Listen, when I went behind my sheet with that little star on it, I, I felt good. <laughs> You couldn't tell me I didn't have a trailer. <laughs> but you know, I but I have seen I've seen it on other films. I worked on some films. Uh, um, um, I worked on uh, just to throw something out. I worked on the Nero film, and it was it was funny that a guy actually went up there who I know who who I'd worked with before, and took a flyer to his show up to Robert De Niro in the middle of a scene in a court. <laughs> now. No, well, yeah, yeah, he's oh. still breathing, but it was amazing. Oh. oh, man. I mean, and I've seen people act so badly on the set, and even if you're an actor, extra or whatever, especially if you're a SAG act, actor, they do watch that. It doesn't matter because once you're on that set, it doesn't matter what the stars is about. You don't take pictures. You are, uh, that's your co-worker, and you've got to be professional, and, and some people just don't get it. Yeah. So I always try to, even if I'm having fun, I always try to do what I was brought there to do. And that's take care of business and have fun too. <laughs> and at least Frank's still speaking to me. <laughs> no one else is. But <laughs> well, you know what? Um, I actually was an extra in a documentary that was filmed in Philadelphia. Um, mm-hmm. 
uh, about a year and a half ago. It's called 187, OC 187. It's about a a young man who has um, uh, OCD, Mm. really bad. Mm. And it was fun because I was really excited and uh, I said I was going to be in this movie, and I wasn't mm-hmm. thinking about it as a documentary. I thought about it as a movie. Okay. So we had to spend most of the day riding around on a bus. Mm-hmm. Oh, you love that, didn't you? Block, like <laughs> ten times, <laughs> and then I had to keep changing my seat. And I said, "But I got the same clothes on." So somebody put a few of these together. And I said, "Why is that lady in different?" seats <laughs> and then they said don't look at the cameraman and i'm like where should i look he's right in front of me so that turned around you know i don't know what to do so i'm on the bus with all these other people with experience you know mm-hmm. i'm like the only one without experience and uh-huh. then we had to get out and go in and out of an elevator downtown and 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 like i'm talking to the guy who is the star because he keeps talking to me uh-huh. I didn't want to talk to him because I didn't want to distract him, but uh-huh. he kept talking to me. But I didn't know he was—I didn't know he was not acting. So he oh, was, I see, I see. So how long did you have a? So how long did you have an affair with him? Uh, <laughs> it was just so funny because I said, "Say, oh, that's nice. They have people with disabilities uh, as playing extras in the movie." Oh my <laughs> But he was the star, and then he was the one backing it financially and everything. Oh, great! Oh well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You should have been talking to him. I got his email. (laughs) 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 But it was like we never talked again after that. So. Oh, I see. I see. But I talked to the other extras. We Mm -hmm. still talked to each other. But Mm -hmm. it was just fun. Yeah. You know, just do something like and it was free. Like I didn't have, I didn't get paid anything. They did. Oh. Pay. <laughs> <laughs> but experience, I just knew I was going to leave knowing a director when I left there. So. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I, never, I never heard of the guy. But it was, it was fun to do that kind of stuff. So I guess mm. when you're when you're on a movie set or a TV set, it's more fun if you get paid. Though I'll tell you that. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> oh God. I mean. Um, now, with your your production that's going on now, how long is that for? How long? Are you talking about Glory Glitter? Or, or, yes. It's, okay. Well, it's opening on April ninth. It hasn't even opened yet, but you know you can go to GloryGlitter dot net and get all the information. So it's opening there on April ninth. Uh, it'll be running every Friday night at six, and also once a month at ten thirty at night. And oh, wow. um, so I'm really excited, and I hope people come to see it because I can guarantee you they're going to laugh a lot. And I, I hope to see you there front and center on the night. But I'll be spending spam. As soon as I get your email address, I'll be spamming you. <laughs> <laughs> that's quite all right. I'm going to help you with some promotion on it anyway. Oh, that's um, terrific. That's just fantastic. No, I'm very excited about it, and I, I feel in my soul it, it's going to turn out, and I think it's going to be – I think it's going to um, be received well, and I I, uh, I expect to make it a hit. I'm going to do everything I can to make it a hit because it's the first time that I'm totally out of the corporate world and I can take all my energy and put it in um, to show business, and that is such a blessing because, uh, you know, I'm not going and dealing with all the stuff and, and growing ulcers, and then at the end of the day after I've dealt with somebody else's crap, then I then I give my time to what is really in my heart to do, 
So now I'm just literally giving my heart and soul to this show and what I'm doing, and I I really enjoy that. That is um, that is the epitome of happiness to me. Wow! Now, is anyone going to be videotaping any part of the um, of the? Um, Absolutely! After the whole thing is going to be video, videoed, and everything is going to be videoed because the show will change a little bit each week because we'll have different guests. And it's it's just like a uh, you know a live uh, a TV talk show, so it's certainly going to be video every week. So did you, what you want to put an hour of my show on? I guess that's what you meant, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, we could do that too. But what I was going to suggest is mm-hmm. that um, I could send out some promotions um, to some of the social networks that I'm um, a part of, and a Fantastic. lot of them, a lot of women. Mm-hmm. And if I have like a little video clip, I can actually. Um, make a really nice banner advertisement with the video clip in it, and um, and just post that around, and then people oh, that's actually great. see mm-hmm. you know a, a short clip of it to make them even more interested. And I put of course your information on there and sure, your background. Sure, oh, I'd appreciate I that. That would, that would help you a lot because that. Well, would, you know, you know, we did some taping just uh, over on Sunday over uh, during a rehearsal, but I do have a. I already have a video of uh, Gloria being interviewed. It's kind of like the Gorilla documentary. If you want to uh-huh. get a taste of her, and I will email that to you and email you the PR stuff we have and the website, and then I'll get you some more stuff as we as we do it. I absolutely would appreciate that. I really love that. That's very nice of you. Sure, no problem. I always um, like to help. Um, um, now, people. now for that, uh, now for that, I'll even let you bring someone with you to the, to the show. See. Oh, okay. <laughs> you've, earned, you've earned another comp. <laughs> hey, that's how that's how I roll. <laughs> but I have someone who would really love to come with me. She's she lives in uh West Orange. Mm-hmm. No, East Orange. She lives in East Orange, New Jersey. I know there um, is an East Orange. I I know how to get from Jersey to New York. That's pretty much what I know after ten years. <laughs> but I know there is a. Every Bring time her. I try to go, I get lost. So I'll have her come take me. <laughs> you get lost in New if York? Have, oh, no. No, Don't no. You live? If I have to drive. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. If I have to train, I won't get lost. But yeah. I drove and I ended up in Queens. Oh, so I see. I was, uh-huh. to, I was trying to get to Long Island, but I ended up in Queens. Yeah, so, no, no. Go with, go, go with the uh, public transportation. Drive only if you're in the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I don't drive anymore. I was driving when I was eight years old. I I don't I, I that's what I love with the East Coast is the public transportation is fantastic, <laughs> and then you know you you don't have to be responsible for anybody you run over. That's another right, good side. You want to have a drink? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that, but I said no. I don't want to put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I don't haven't been driving in a while. I've I've been depending on uh, other people to drive for me. So and now I can actually have a drink when I go out to a nice yeah. Terrific. <laughs> Terrific. Well, you guys think about doing. <laughs> yeah, you can come and you can you can see see Frank in my show and and and, and what I have set up for him, and then we're going to have a little uh, opening night celebration right next door at the cafe, which is part of the Broadway Comedy Club. We'll, we'll have a good time. Wow, I'm definitely going to be there, and okay. um, I'll bring my friend and I'll hang out with her at mm-hmm. the show, and uh, and of course I, I definitely want to uh, talk with you more on um, work working on a play. Absolutely, um, absolutely. Maybe we can collaborate on something. Cause, that would be fantastic. Um, you have such a wonderful personality. I know you can add a whole lot of uh, experience. Well, thank you. Thank and, you very and much. joy and humor to it, because I'm not that funny. 
So. Well, I laughed at some of the stuff you said today, so you're doing good. <laughs> so I need somebody that's got, like, some timing, you know, because uh-huh. I don't. <laughs> and that would be wonderful. We could work together. I would love oh, that. yeah, terrific. That's terrific. And I want to talk to you about your radio show, too. Oh, definitely, because um, I think you should probably consider doing one yourself because um, What do you so think easy. I was thinking of? <laughs> <laughs> uh, especially on Blog Talk. I mean, you could probably do very well, and you could get featured a lot uh-huh. because of experience and, and you know. Oh, true. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. I could help that. I'll help you get that stuff if you like. Fantastic. As I, say, as I said, hello, new new best friend. <laughs> yes, my BFF. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I'd love to do that, and I want to talk to you about that, and I'll be happy to help you, uh, give you any information about, you know, writing a play. And um, But basically, as I say, I, I write from the spirit and the soul, just drop it down on the, on the, on the computer, you know, and um, perhaps I should do the outlines or anything, but I don't think it works that way. I think you have to, It's it's got to come out of you. Just you know, pour out of you like like that, and otherwise it doesn't work to me, to me. Well, because if you ever want a, a co-writer that does all that dialogue outline and all that stuff, you know, you can always sure, sure. That's and what I, I, I need to learn about screenwriting anyway too. Oh yeah, I use a mm. software called Final Draft, and all mm. I have to do is just it tells you what you what you need. It gives you you know the the mm. enter. Um, Exterior, interior, mm-hmm. the character. You can just add your characters, and then you, you know it's so easy to use. And do you think we have any audience left talking about our careers like this? <laughs> oh yeah, people always listen to my shows. Oh okay. <laughs> you can't uh, see them in the chat room, but they are listening because they can okay, try. Okay, cool. Oh cool. <laughs> and we and and we can be able to get a get a copy of this from the internet too, right? Oh, yes, because uh, what's going to happen is um, the show's going to be available um, all the time so people can download it. So anybody that missed the show, definitely mm-hmm. come and download it and listen to it later. And oh, what cool. I also do is post the show on a, a podcast um, mm-hmm. that is, actually goes all over the world. So anybody Terrific. else that's interested, they'll go and, and check out the website, too. So oh, cool. You want to say that website again? I'm sorry? My go website? Say that website. Yeah. GloriaGlitter.net. That's G-L-O-R-I-A-G-L-I-T-T-E-R dot N-E-T. And, of course, they can just put my name out on, you know, Google, put Beverly Bonner out there, or Gloria Glitter. And I think there's another Gloria Glitter, but we won't get into that lawsuit. <laughs> you know? But GloriaGlitter.net is me. And then, of course, it's BeverlyBonner.com, which, you know, there's a link to, to uh, Gloria. So, you know, I, she's very real to me, so I, I think I, I scare some of my friends when I kind of talk about her like she's another person. But she is. She's, you know, we have similar personalities, but she's a little more out there than me. I'm a little, I'm a little, I'm a little nicer than she is. Huh? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what wanna, are you saying? <laughs> uh, I want to also say that um, everyone who hasn't been able to see Frank's movies, um, I know that you can find them um, if you Google them. Um, they're probably on Amazon.com. They're everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're everywhere. Um, so that's where I go to find all my old favorites. Um, I had a favorite that's called, um, uh, what is it called? Um, uh, it was a, it, the, the Beast Within. 
the beast you call, within. The beast within. There's one called the beast too. The beast. The beast within. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's the a, beast within. Yeah. That one I found on Amazon for I guess like three dollars or something like that. An extra. I mean, like back then they had all these these crazy crazy movies, mm-hmm. and I mean you like extra was about some alien that just came out of the sky and and impregnated a woman, and when she, and like soon as she got my ex, my ex husband. <laughs> <laughs> As soon as she got pregnant, she had the baby like the same the same night, and oh, when he was born, he was she, like she's got to see you've got to see bad biology, Frank. Frank, she's yeah. got to see bad biology. So Gal has uh, gives birth to her babies uh, two hours after having sex. <laughs> two hours. Uh huh. <laughs> and then she disposes of them. <laughs> I mean, yeah. those movies were just. So crazy, and like mm-hmm. it, it takes a creative person to come up with something like that. And you know, I have to give it to you, Frank, for coming up with things like that. And <laughs> well, you you got you was, listen. I'm going to say it again. You got to see Bad Biology. You love Basket Case. You got to see Bad Biology. This is Frank on the loose, like I've never seen him before. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, it looks like we only have about 90 seconds left in our show, and mm-hmm. I just want to thank you both for coming in and uh, giving us some laughs and telling us about your projects. And I definitely will be there on April the 9th. And I'll be in contact with you, and thank you for having us. Oh, no problem. And uh, I'm going to give you my phone number when I jot it down. It's a public number, so don't worry about everybody hearing it. Okay. 302-444-2382. Three zero two four 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 three two zero seven. No two three eight seven. I got it. Fantastic. You so I'll, I'll buzz you tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow, tonight. I have okay. a radio show tomorrow um, myself. Another radio show, a commercial show. That's on at six o'clock p.m. Mm-hmm. We're featuring Han. Um, you can stream it from www.wmznradio. Mm-hmm. Dot name dot com and I will uh, be happy to email anybody um, with that information, or you can just check on my Blog Talk account and you can see all my links. And I'll be on at six o'clock. So okay. Thank you, okay. Thank you, Frank. Right. Thank you very much. Today. I so enjoyed this and appreciate it, and I can't wait for us to work on a project together. And I'll see you at April ninth at the opening. But I'll be yes, talking to you way before that. Oh, okay. Good. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Good night. You're good welcome. night, everybody. Good night. Thank you. Good bye, night, Frank. Frank. Good night. Okay, bye-bye.